Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Ministry Minded Podcast, a show that seeks to marvel at the mercy of God that meets us in our messy ministries. I'm your host, Brad Gray, and today I thought I would just share a uh, few thoughts and updates on me personally as well as ministerially. Um, many of you know, if you've been keeping up with my blog and keeping up with the podcast and things like that, uh, you know that I have recently this year moved from Florida to Pennsylvania uh, to take a role as the senior pastor of a church in Paxinus, Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, Natalie and I are quite um, in the midst of still getting used to the idea of being Pennsylvanians. Um, that's it's a much different sort of uh, culture, uh, but but we are loving the people and loving uh, getting used to where we are and loving getting used to uh, living and being in the ministry. Um, I'm so grateful and so at the same time yet dumbfounded uh, that I get to do ministry, uh, if you if I can say that as my primary vocation. Um, this thing. Uh, of preaching and pastoring and shepherding uh, people in the Word of God and, and God's truth is such a humbling reality. I, that God would call me to do this is just such a humbling thing, uh, to say the very least. I, I can't really express how grateful I am, uh, yet at the same time just how um, daunting the task is to... Um, uh, the task is to preach God's word and to pastor his people and to um, shepherd them in his truth and in his grace. And um, uh, I just think about the fact that that the fact alone that God would call me to Pennsylvania is one that is quite um, surprising to me. I really (laughs) never imagined that Pennsylvania would be in my future. But again, that's how God works, right? He he works in ways that we don't imagine, and he works in ways that we can't really uh, foresee in any way, and uh, you know, that's God's plan, and that's um, how he always works. His His ways, of course, aren't our ways. His, his thoughts aren't our thoughts, and um, I think that uh, it is a wonderful blessing to be surrendered to that will. I, I think that um, Natalie and I, when we were preparing for this move, we were definitely in that mode of of, of prayer and, and mindset and in thought and in conversation of just turning ourselves over to God's will uh, and, and letting that will sort of guide us and direct us. And, you know, at first, <laughs> when we were kind of jolted, uh, by the fact that Pennsylvania might be in our future, but the longer that we prayed uh, towards that end, and not to the end of God move us uh, to a specific location, but more God move us in your direction for our lives, it became really clear, and it became um, scary, yet peaceful at the same time. And I think that's what really God's will is about. Um, it's it, it's um, a peace that you can't really describe, or express, um, and yet here's Natalie and I, a young uh, married couple with two young kids, and we were picking up and packing up our our entire lives and moving them thousands of miles north um, without really any relation to that uh, surrounding area. And the only reason that we can have such peace in such a move is one we were confident about uh, God's direction for us, and we are confident that this was this was the the right move for us to make at that particular time and um, we are just loving 
how God has not only confirmed that, but just given us more confidence and just given us more uh, peace that we are following His will. Uh, and and when we do that, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, it's it it's it's still daunting and scary, but yet at the same time, it's even more peaceful than I could have ever imagined. Peaceful in that we are sure that we are where God wants us to be. And um, that is allowing us to acclimate quite well to our new home and our new state and with the new climate and all that kind of things, all the little functional, practical things that go along with that. And I think our uh, that process is going uh, really well. We're getting used to this new environment. Um, <laughs> a silly thing that we're still getting used to, though, is the idea of having to burn our trash. Um, that's definitely something that is a... Uh, entirely new concept for us, but um, you know, <laughs> uh, seriously, we have been surrounded by just such a, a wealth, I would say, of generosity and kindness uh, and and warmth and just a, a, a just a welcoming spirit from a, a church and a church family that is enthusiastic about um, having us be their pastors, um, having us be their their shepherds. And um, we are just indebted to that. We are indebted to the fact that we can be welcomed into a church family that is already uh, sensing and feeling the spirits move, and yet we are invited to share in that. We are invited to become a part of that and become involved in the work of the ministry that God is already doing through this church body. I think that's what a wonderful privilege, I think. What a wonderful honor it is to uh, be called into that and be called into it in such a way in which it feels uh, natural. Uh, I've been saying to many of uh, the members of, of my church that it it's 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 interesting, and I think it's a testament to uh, the Holy Spirit, to uh, Jesus's grace and, and Jesus's gospel, uh, at the fact that here is uh, Natalie and I and our family, and we are called into this church family, and we have very quickly felt like we have been a part of this family uh, for a long while. It's not uh, it's sure we're we're getting. Uh, people's names still memorized, and that's something I'm still working on. But at the same time, we feel like we have been a part of this church family for a while, uh, just in the way that we can be united uh, in the gospel, we can be brought together by grace. And uh, what a, I just can't get over the fact that we are um, feeling so uh, connected to the people here, and uh, we are so excited to um, be involved in this work here. And, I, and again, it's just the highest privilege in the world that God would call me and choose me to play a role in His work, in the mission of His kingdom, in the mission of expanding and, and, and bringing more souls into the kingdom of God. I think it was G. Campbell Morgan who once said, Every day I live, I wonder more why He called me. But I know He did, and therein is my rest and my peace. I have to echo the same sentiment. Uh, every day I can wonder why God would choose uh, such a wretch like me to preach, pro, uh, proclaim, and, 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 and propagate his good news to the world. Uh, and yet he does. Yet he has. He has chosen me to be a part of that. He has chosen me uh, to, be a, uh, to be his voice uh, for this church and for these people, and I just am dumbfounded that me and nobody gets to share the good news about the somebody who died for everybody. That's, that's amazing. 
Uh, and I don't ever want to get used to that. I don't want to ever get over that fact that um, uh, that I am the uh, one that God chose specifically for this church body at this specific time. Uh, I want to be left uh, just speechless at the absurdity of this grace which has allowed me to be in this position to proclaim God's gospel to God's people. Um, I just want to be left... Uh, utterly speechless at that, which is kind of uh, an ironic thing to say as a preacher whose fundamental vocation is the putting together of words. Um, you know, I, I think about my first sermon uh, for Stonington Baptist Church back on June 9th, um, and it was a sermon that I had thought a lot about. I had probably put in maybe even too much um, pressure on myself for that, that inaugural sermon, um, but I took care, though, in, in, in really crafting exactly what I would want to say, and, and I pray that it came through. I was talking about Jesus as sort of the interpretive key for the entire scriptures. Uh, but in the weeks and months since that first sermon, I have really felt a crystallization, I guess you could say, um, uh, in my focus for what uh, God would have me to study and to and to say, and um so I'll just be sort of um, frank with you. I'm, I'm in the middle of three different sermon series um, as the Lord is uh, is moving on me, as the Lord is um, speaking to me, as I'm reading His Word and studying it. Uh, right now in Sunday mornings, I'm doing a I'm plowing my way through a series on the Gospel of Mark, and speaking to the fact that this Jesus that is presented to uh, presented to us in Mark's Gospel is an unexpected Jesus, a Jesus that does and says things that um, aren't what we would naturally assume that he would do and say. And uh, I, I have found tremendous benefit for my own self, even uh, just going through this series, seeing what Mark uh, says about Jesus and seeing what uh, Jesus reveals about himself uh, in his Word. Uh, and on Sunday evenings, uh, as the Lord wills, I am uh, methodically uh, going through the pastoral epistles, which is, of course, First and Second Timothy and Titus. And uh, I have tr- found uh, tremendous uh, benefit in going through these books, um, especially since I, myself, as a young pastor, I have really found myself sympathizing uh, not only with Timothy's uh, position, but also really resonating with what Paul has to say in these letters. Not just for pastors, that is, but for uh, Christians everywhere. I think that's what makes these letters so uh, practical, so profound, is that, yes, Timothy was writing with uh, these young ministers, or excuse me, yes, Paul was uh, writing with these young pastors in mind, but he was also giving a very uh, um, very concerned and concerted uh, effort to expound the doctrine of the church and what that means for those people in the church, those people who serve and those people who attend. And um, I am so thankful that I'm able to uh, go through that series on Sunday evenings. And also for our adult sort of Bible study hour in uh, Sunday mornings, I'm traversing through all 22 stanzas of Psalm 119. Uh, I have studied these before. You might be familiar with uh, some of the writings that I've done on these on the blog. Um, But I have uh, really actually done almost a complete uh, revising and a restudying of these stanzas. And it's given me such a fresh and renewed um, love 
um, for this chapter and just what it means to uh, be someone who has uh, the Word of God at his, as his foundation for life and for truth and for all things. And it's not something that I have mastered in any way, but don't get me wrong, it's, it's something that I'm continually learning, continually teaching uh, myself that through all of these uh, 176 verses, it's the Word that is the foundation, it's the Word of God alone that David keeps returning to, keeps reminding himself that is sufficient for all things and for all walks of life and all seasons uh, of life. And uh, it's been immensely rewarding for me to do that. And I and I hope it has been for those who have listened. I, I've put these Sunday School lessons uh, on my sermons podcast, so if you want to uh, check those out, catch up on those, uh, you can find them there. Um, but, you know, when I was first made aware um, that I had been sec- accepted into the pastorate here at Stonington, um, it was interesting that there was a strange sense of purpose and direction that led me to these books. I knew almost right away that I wanted to preach through these three different series as sort of the, 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 the first series that I went through, um, Mark, uh, the Pastorals, and Psalm 119. Um, and I, I say strange, it's not really strange at all, really, as, um, as I know that it has been God's Holy Spirit that has brought these scriptures to my mind and laid them on my heart, and, and He wants uh, them to be sort of the foundational sort of series that I, that I um, proclaim, not only proclaim His truth, but to give us direction as a church uh, for His glory and the good of the church. And so I pray that these uh, sermons have been uh, very encouraging to you, uh, enlightening to you, and that your, your life and your faith have been bolstered uh, by uh, these lessons and uh, by these sermons and by these expositions of Scripture. That's what I pray always, uh, that I am not the one that's being seen through them, but that you are able to be made to see the truth as it is in Jesus and to be conformed to his image, to the image of God's Son in whom is all the fullness of God found. And um, I pray that that's uh, what you're able to find in them and that uh, you are encouraged um, by these sermons, but also that you're encouraged just in hearing um, how God is using us. I am so grateful, again, that God is using Niley and I up here in Pennsylvania. And uh, we are just... (sighs) We're just grateful, grateful for the fact that God can use us, that God can employ us in His work, and that we are uh, able to be uh, uh, folks who minister with our lives, and that's our primary vacation, primary occupation. Um, and I and I, I pray that you're encouraged by this uh, short little testimony, uh, that you are uh, uh, blessed by how uh, to hear how God is using us. Uh, let me take a short break uh, for a few moments, though, and let's say uh, I'm going to say some quick words about some of our sponsors, and then I'll be right back, and I'll, I'm going to highlight some articles that I've found uh, around the web recently that I have really um, been uh, in, encouraged and enlightened by as well. So let's take a short break, and then we'll be back and talk about some, uh, some things around the web that I've uh, come across recently. Today's episode of the Ministry Minded Podcast is proud to be partnered with Anchor Podcasts. Anchor is the easiest way for anyone to make a podcast. If you have a latent idea that's just kind of lying around for a show you would like to record one day, I'm confident that anyone could use this platform to host, record, and distribute your podcast, turning your idea into a reality. Anchor puts everything you need to be successful all in one place. 
You can start a new recording right from your mobile device. They also have convenient creation tools that allow you to edit your audio files so they sound crisp and great. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, letting listeners find your show almost everywhere, including Spotify, Anchor Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and several others. And best of all, it's free. There are no hosting fees or monthly subscriptions or minimum listener counts, just an easy-to-use platform to get your podcast out there at no cost to you. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. Today's show is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. Research shows that the two primary reasons people don't read their Bible is that they're too busy or they don't understand what they're reading. The goal and the mission of the Christian Standard Bible is to have more people reading and understanding the scriptures by engaging in a translation that's easy to read but is also faithful to the original languages. The Christian Standard Bible strives to be accurate, readable, and shareable. A Bible that pastors can feel confident preaching from while also being a translation that all church members feel comfortable reading on their own. To find out more about the Christian Standard Bible, go to csbible.com. Okay, so uh, first up in Around the Web is uh, somewhat of an older piece. Uh, it came out uh, quite a while ago, I think this past summer. Uh, but it was one that I didn't want to slide by uh, without highlighting in, in this segment of the podcast. Um, you know, wherever he goes and whatever he does, the United States President Donald Trump is sure to draw um, the ire uh, I guess you could say, of those who are still complaining about his ascension into the office in the first place. Uh, but he's always being or doing and saying something controversial. <laughs> and um, I think that was the scene earlier this summer, if you might you might remember, when um, Trump visited David Platt's uh, McLean Bible Church, and then uh, Pastor David Platt was able to pray over the president um, when he visited uh, the congregation uh, on that Sunday, and um, it was immediately something that was viewed as controversial, which I thought was so fascinating. Um, the prayer was uh, misconstrued on both sides of the political spectrum as being some sort of partisan move by Platt, uh, one that was uh, a political thing more than it was a spiritual thing. And I thought that that was just so fascinating, that even uh, a prayer over a president was being viewed in a political way. And yeah, it's, I'm sure there's it's, it's rife with political implications, but uh, again, um, I don't I, I really don't think that that was what David Platt, what Pastor Platt was was after when he was praying over Trump. Um, and I think that it speaks to exactly what um, Dr. Owen Strahan uh, writes in an excellent essay that he posted uh, around that time for the Center for Public Theology. Uh, the piece was entitled, Pray for Presidents on David Platt and Donald Trump. And I think he really showed that nothing could be further from the truth uh, this idea that uh, Platt was being partisanal in this move of praying over the president. Uh, Owen writes this, he, he writes, Unlike so many things today, praying for a president or king or civic authority is not an inherently political act. It is actually the very opposite. It is a spiritual move grounded in the theology that God rules every king and God summons every king to rule with wisdom, equity, and justice. You know, I'm 
I, I love the words that Strahan put together here for this essay. They were so profound, I thought, but they were so uh, needed for this time to sort of give a theological, and I, th- I would say even a, a biblical perspective of this scene. I'm reminded of 1 Timothy t- chapter 2. Uh, I have just finished studying this and preaching this, and in that first part of the chapter, Paul charges his young disciple Timothy with the instruction to pray for Everyone, yes, including kings and dignitaries and those in authority we disagree with. Yes, with controversial presidents who keep saying stupid things at times. Um, This is who we are to pray for. Paul writes this in those first couple verses of 1 Timothy 2. First of all then, writes Paul, I urge that petitions and prayers, intercessions and thanksgivings be made for everyone for kings and all those who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good, and it pleases God, our Savior. You know what's missing from that charge? What's missing is any mention of the morality of the leader or your feelings for said leader who is in authority. Uh, That has nothing to do with your duty as a Christian to pray for them. Our call, our only charge is to pray. And such is what I think Pastor Platt did. And I think such is what we ought to do um, as well. You know, it's that, that colloquial phrase, so long as we have breath, let us never cease to pray. I think that is true in all things. I think it's especially true for those who are in authority, uh, those who are leading our country, leading, uh, well, it, it doesn't even have to be governmental authorities. It's anyone in authority that is leading a particular group of people, they are in need of prayer. Uh, whether they are moral or not, whether you like them or not, whether you feel like they should be there or not, they are deserving and worthy of our prayers. Because, as Timothy is charged with later on, that God has uh, paid the ransom for all men, and, and they are worthy of our prayer then. Um, I was moved by that piece. You can find it in the show notes, of course. Uh, it's the piece by Dr. Owens-Trahan. Make sure you click that link there, and you find it, and you. I hope you and pray that you are encouraged by it. Uh, the other uh, essay I wanted to highlight is from the uh, website Letter in Liturgy. Uh, this is Samuel James's sort of publication that he has uh, really made popular. And, you know, whenever Samuel writes an essay or uh, an article for his blog. Um, I am very quick to either read it or save it for later, and I just relish in his intuitive approach to just a myriad of issues across uh, the cultural and sociological spectrum, uh, whether it's an evangelical issue or otherwise. He has a very profound and, I think, uh, witty way to approach these different issues. Uh, And one of his recent articles, one of his latest publications, was entitled Things I Learned as a pastor's kid. Uh, it immediately resonated with me because I grew up a pastor's kid. I grew up uh, in a pastor's home, and so uh, I was immediately drawn to this because uh, I've been thinking about, you know, as I was talking about earlier, we've Natalie and I are now in full-time ministry. I'm the senior pastor of a church. God has called me to that. And it was just this interesting realization recently that my kids are pastor's kids. And that might seem a very elementary thing to realize or come to the realization of, but I think there's a um, there's a, a lot, I'll just be honest, there's a lot of pressure that goes into that reality. 
whether it's real or not, whether it's it's implicit or explicit, it's there. It's it's something that exists. And and I love how James put this. Uh, Samuel writes in this piece. He says there seems a resilient misconception that pastors are less prone than the rest of us to things like exhaustion, temptation, frustration, and loneliness. I've seen that the opposite is actually closer to the truth. A pastor especially is especially vulnerable, excuse me, to all these things because of the constant emotional vigilance of his calling. Most of us are grateful, he continues, even unconsciously, that our spiritual lives and our vocations don't overlap to the degree that they do in the pastorate. He writes, if I had one piece of advice for all evangelical churches, it would be, generously grant rest to your pastor. If everything falls apart when he's not there, that's not a reason to limit his rest. It's a reason to seriously rethink the culture of the church. A pastor who feels like he has to choose between stewarding his mind, body, and family and making sure the church functions well is a pastor who is on a path to burnout or worse. You know, I love this entire piece. Uh, Those lines especially were speaking to me. um, Again, because as I've come to realize... (laughs) Uh, I don't know how it escaped me, but the fact that my kids are being going to be raised as pastor's kids, um, I just had this profound sense of wanting to protect them and wanting to care for them and nurture them and disciple them, and, and not as their pastor. I wanted to be to do those things as their dad first, because that's what my that's what my role is. I'm I'm a dad first. I'm a Christian. I'm a dad, and then I'm a pastor. Uh, and it's easy. I think, to give in to those things, to give in to the fact that I'm doing ministry, I'm doing the calling of God for, for my life, and it's easy to uh, put that before my family. But my family is my primary mandate. They are my first ministry. They are the, the ministry that God has called me to first, discipling and caring for my wife, discipling and caring for my children. And I want to be there for them, and I want to make sure that I'm uh, approaching ministry and family life in a way that is is proper and right, with the priorities in line, knowing that the ministry is always going to be there and it perhaps is always changing but the thing that is not going to change is my family Uh, they are who god has called me to first and foremost and uh, regardless of what changes in the church they will not change they will grow up and they will move on yes uh, but they will always be my family they will always be my kids and they are whom i am to love first and foremost and i pray that i'm given the grace and the wisdom and the discernment to do that uh, that's why i was uh, resonating with this piece from samuel so so very dearly is the fact that uh, i don't want to ever be on that path for burnout i don't ever want to uh, be uh, just so incredibly focused on making sure the sermons are right or the the, the vision of the church is 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 being uh, succeeded uh, that i'm sacrificing my family on the altar of my success I, I, that's never something that i want to see happen in my life so i, I pray you are encouraged likewise by that piece by samuel james over on letter and liturgy his his 
all of his articles are, are, are deeply profound, I think, and, and very encouraging. And I pray that you will have been uh, blessed and encouraged by today's edition of the podcast. I think that's it for now. Uh, I pray that you are encouraged, uh, that you are blessed in the grace of the gospel of God's Son, and that you will find uh, immense glory in living uh, in ministering in the mess that is ministry. Uh, thanks so much for listening. If you like what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Um, you can subscribe on iTunes or on Spotify or on Anchor. Uh, thanks again to the Christian Standard Bible and to Anchor for sponsoring the show. And thank you as always for listening, commenting, and subscribing. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Blessings.